Verse 6 says, Who hath made us able ministers of the New Testament? If God's making us, dear men, let him mash you and mold you and shape you and put you. Do it all. It's all him anyway. We're nothing outside of Christ, but uh, I know one thing. I, I love the Lord, and, I, and uh, you know, I've not really got to preach a whole lot since I was in Bolivia March 15th. I preached three times and had scheduled to preach four more in the conference, but they, we had to cancel it, and they shut the flights down. I caught the last flight from Cochabamba down to Santa Cruz, but I got home, praise the Lord. And uh, it seemed like the Lord shut down. You know, I preached the least this past year I ever did in 55 years. I mean, even when I was a boy preacher, so to speak, I preached a lot more than I have this year. But uh, I thank God for every open door, every privilege that we've had. And it seemed like even in the work, God has uh, shut down a lot of things, but he opened up a lot of things. Uh, I don't know, most of you know, I guess, if you're listening to Anchor, but, uh, you know, uh, we, we've fed about, I think it's, what, six countries or so for 10 months, about $14,000 a week or something like that. Uh, I can't imagine that, but uh, it kept coming in, coming in, coming in, and God done that. By the way, he gave us a ship. You ever heard of a minister with a ship? It's not a little boat. Weighs, weighs 220 tons. Amen. Sleep 24. Carries 50,000 pounds of cargo. Carries 7,000 gallons of fuel. Two big old 12-cylinder diesel engines. That produces 140,000 watts of electricity. That'd run a village if you get it piped in there. Uh, it'll it'll go about 3,500 to 4,000 miles on a tank of fuel. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it produces 1,400 gallons of water out of seawater. It's as pure as it can be. Uh, if that ain't good, but we've already, the Lord's already let us, we sent 40,000 pounds of rice to Haiti, and I forget how many hundred, thousands of Bibles, New Testaments, tracts. So God knows what he's doing. Uh <laughs> And don't owe a dime. It's paid for. All we have to do is trying to keep enough money to buy fuel for it. But uh, uh, God's blessed, and I praise the Lord. But I don't think we've got much longer to work in, folk. Mm-mm. And really, that's the hope of we that are saved. Isn't that what First Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 19? What is our hope? Is it not being in the presence of the Lord that is coming? We're going to get out of here. Amen. I mean that. What? That's it. I know a lot of people. Of course, it's. I guess always been said that you know where is the promise of His coming? These people don't believe it, but uh, I believe He's coming. In fact, He said He He Himself said in John fourteen, I, "If I go away, I will come again." The angel said there in, in uh, or in Acts, I guess it is when he said, "This same Jesus shall come back in like manner." He's a coming. I read somewhere it takes 300 prophecies.
concerning his first coming, but I don't know, I ain't never counted them, but they said there's 2,500 prophecies concerning his second coming. One's enough, but he's a coming. <laughs> he's a coming, he's a coming, amen. I tell you, I, I, he come that first time, and I'm sure excited about him coming the next time. Look up, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. You know, the Bible talks about Noah days and, you know, uh, uh, we live in the prosperous days. And I thought of this the other day. I'm a dumb old country boy. But you believe I've been zooming around the world? <laughs> I don't know how, but uh, I'm around people that does, and they set it up. I'll preach to, uh, one time three nights in a row to six different countries. You can see them, people I know. Wave at them, holler at them. I'd blow your mind <laughs> if you had one. <laughs> yeah. And to thinking I'm up there preaching. I preached a, in, in the Philippines. I preached a pastor's conference on Zoom. Legal or not, believe it or not, I helped in a wedding in India on Zoom. Yeah. Brother Sam's boy wanted me to help in his wedding. I couldn't go over there. They set it up. My children put WhatsApp on my phone. By the way, I got a phone. Don't know how to use it. I got a car. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I just have to drive. I talked to it. It talked to me. Heated seats, heated steering wheel, backup cameras. <laughs> There's a lot of that stuff I don't know much about. But I, it's good if you do, <laughs> if you use it right. But I'm just saying, we better get ready. We're fixing to get out of here. But I, what, what hit me, the, just, just recent, you know, and I preach a lot on missions. In fact, that's my heart, I guess, in a sense. It's an old book, but... It's the heart of God, I'll tell you that. But I, I don't believe we're going to have a chance for missions very long. If I believe what I believe, better come in. We better do what we can. So Cindy, you said we're going to do all I can, while I can, everywhere I can, that when I cannot, I wouldn't wish I would have when I could have. We're going to get out of here. And I'll tell you right now, but God left us a book. He left us a book with all the plans of how to do it, where to do it, how to finance it, how long to do it. What did he tell Isaiah? Till all the houses were without man. I mean, you know, there's no place to quit. If I knew he's coming tomorrow and I could witness today, I should. If you can get one more in. Mm. 42 times the Bible says to go ye. The King James Version. I tell you right now, but it's God loves the world. It's not just America and some of these real poor countries, you know. He loves everybody. And you know who he chose to tell them? The church. That's God's source of missionary personnel. He could go to these big colleges and things, but he don't. He go to the little church himself, won't you? Simple. Well, we know when you got saved, ain't no way in the world you'd have dreamed where you're at today, brother. I understand when you talk about what would I know. Paul felt like he's the least. But he said, the grace of God. Well, you know, I learned sometime here just not long ago that 
said grace in the Old Testament, the word grace is 38 times, but the New Testament's 138. We're in the New Testament age. Grace, grace, grace. Mm. I told my wife I'd die. You may have heard me say this, but I meant every word of it. I said, if you've got any money, just put grace on the front of my tombstone. And on the back, put goodness and mercy. Oh, Mark Wheeler, you know him. Writes some of the best songs I've ever heard. He told me here recently, he said, I'll do it, preacher. Ask him, I said, Mark, if I leave here and you're still a singing, I want you to sing some songs you wrote. Oh, of course, I guess my wife might have a little say-so if I really what she wants. But I said, just sing Mercy and Grace. He wrote that. I said, the first time he ever sung it, I think, years ago. I said, sing it. Let somebody say a word or two and then sing it. I've not always been faithful, but he has. <laughs> We're wrapped in his righteousness. It's not ours. I'm glad I don't have to lean on mine. Our rights in these filthy rags. But boy, his is pure. When he sees me, he sees me pure and holy. I said, sing how he has. And maybe somebody else say a word or two and sing on the far side. I'll be on the far side then. I said, when you dismiss the congregation, sing while the ages roll. I'll keep on praising him. That's right. That's wrote down for my funeral notes. I hope they'll carry it out. Of course, I'm looking for the rapture. Wouldn't it be good for me and Faye to go together? Been married coming July, 62 years. Dated her two years before that, so that's about 64 years. We've been holding hands, <laughs> hunting four-leaf clovers in the grass at school. But we're still together by the grace of God. Seven children, some preaching, some missionaries, all of them saved. What more could I ask? But I want to be faithful. And God's left a plan, but he chose the church to choose those that he that he'd have to go. The local church is the, you, you know, the, the sanctuary, I guess I could say, of the prayers. Everybody can't go, but you can pray. But not only that, the local church is the supplier of the missionary needs. Oh my, there in Acts 13. You know, in fact, it, it, this is exactly what it, uh, what it means. When, you, when I read Acts 13, it says, now we're, in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets. God goes to the church. He goes on down. In verse um, 3, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas. They're sent out. And, but it goes on, and said, when they sent them out, it says, and that means sin, and that thing, you look it up, it means to sin with substance. Sin with substance. When God calls a missionary, and we say support, but I say supply line. <laughs> you know, the 
Even on the battlefield, somebody got to be back there in the warehouses packing trucks and shipping stuff. And it ain't all preaching. But we all got a part of it. God set it up. And there ain't no way in the world you can do it within the flesh. I mean, I'm, just, I, I'm not a novice, and I've been at it a long time. But if we're going to go to the world like the Bible says to do, and he says to go to the world, he's going to take some faith. I mean, I know, and these, I've, I've said this many times, there's three ways of giving. Tithe in operated church if it's 10 or 10,000. You won't have to sell cakes. You won't have to. <laughs> He'll just do it. It's God's plan. Anything he plans works. But we're going to go to the world. If everybody tithe, if everybody give love offerings, you know, you need special offerings. Somebody has a burnout in your church, help them out. I'll help, but you love more than I do. Might be your aunt or your sister or something. It's a love offering. It's beyond your tithe. But if you're going, if everybody, everybody, I, even, I believe if even the lost people, in other modern terms, if everybody tithe, it wouldn't be enough. If everybody give love, it wouldn't be How you going to go then, preacher? Can you limit faith? You know, I've, been in, I've been in a long time. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, and you think about even when he gave that commission. I mean, probably the most impossible thing I know of nearly in this book is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I mean, people don't, don't think about it that way, but when he gave it to a little handful of men, there's more in any section in this church than they were when he said, go do it. No money, uh, very little if any, <laughs> no cars, no airplanes. I can get on a plane today and be anywhere in the world in 24 hours, normal, I mean. Uh, but I'm telling you, no radios, no TVs, no internet. <laughs> I mean, all this, I could go on and on and on, no... They didn't have a ship like we got. <laughs> no, they didn't have it. But he said, go do it. Boy, I'm glad, you know, Peter said, at thy word. That's the only way you're going to do it, only way I can do it or anybody else. But I, and I still believe it's impossible today. But faith, but God. I tell you, it's, it's impossible geographically. It's impossible Physically, it's impossible. Um, numerically, it's impossible. Financially, anything you name it, it's absolutely impossible. But he, he said, do it. Do you think he'd tell us to do something we couldn't do? No, 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 no. Not at all. You can, by the grace of God. And by, uh, and by the way, let me just throw this in and pop my mind. Yeah, I don't know where you agree or don't agree. <laughs> but I'm not a novice. But I believe really the word missions, I mean, a true missions is to those that's never heard. Evangelism, just as important. It's lost people need to get saved. That's people like here. Missions, though, and I, I'm not worthy of this, but I've had the privilege to preach where they'd never seen a white man, never heard the gospel. Preached on the Malapasqua Island. I preached in... Uh, the Berea Isles in the Philippines, in India, uh, places where they never, never heard the gospel. But oh, I go back now. Beautiful churches. 
I don't know how many, but many. By the way, preacher, I thought it's over. I thought, why am I old? I'll never try to do that again. But Faye and I, last time we was in India, we went up on a mountain there and I'd been to the little old church. It holds this roof full, old metal roof, and the walls had cracked. You could put your hand through the block, and mud floored, and rain. You got in there. And I wanted to put a roof on it, but it just didn't have the leadership. But we went up there when Faye was with me last year, and got up there, and here they are in an old road bed sitting on the ground. <laughs> Probably 30 people or more, I don't know. But oh, Faye got excited. <laughs> she said, and it's right under a big old monkey god. I mean, it's as big as this, bigger than this building, but it's the shape of a monkey that the, a temple they worship in. Well, Faye said, the monkey god may be up there, but the real god's down here. <laughs> Out under the stars. Well, I got a call. In fact, I guess last week, or week four maybe, wanting to know the monkeys has got so many, they're, they can't even, they're pestering them till they, they're, you know, coming in. I don't know where they're hungry or what. Now, I've seen them by the hundreds, but uh, they can't allow to kill them. And it's right under a monkey temple, and the people can't even sit out in the road now with comfort. And they're so poor, we went in the house, she cooked for us, and one of the ladies did. Don't even have a bed, brother. She's laying on a concrete floor. But they worship God. <laughs> And they just sent me word to pray that they wonder if there's any way I could help try to get them some kind of building. And I thought, it's over. I'll never do that again. <laughs> but it ain't. <laughs> God put it in my heart. And I went, I went in two churches this past weekend. I got $5,000 start. <laughs> oh, God is still God. And he wants them people to have a building. And if I live, I'm going to try my best to raise the money to... I told Sam I'd send it to him. I said, it. He could go ahead and start. We're going to try to build another church up there under the monkey god. Woo! Yeah. I got one built pretty close to the cobra god, a big old cobra snake. And Lord help me to dedicate three over there in India. I don't know how many, in, there's a lot of them in the Philippines and places and all around, but I thought I guess I'd just sort of give up. I didn't think I'd ever try. <laughs> but it's God anyhow. And I'm just saying God's given us a big task, but we got a big God. Amen. Faith is the only way, only way. You know, I, I'm a, I'll preach in a minute. But this comes to my mind. I don't know what I don't know what I said or when, but I <laughs> Last year, I got a little card from an eight-year-old boy. He drew a little picture of Jesus on the cross and signed his name, Eli. Sent me $100. He said, said I received this $100 birthday gift. I'd like to give it to you to use to help build a church. Well, <laughs> I read that when I dedicated. We, by the way, we had nearly 400 people at the dedication of the last one I built over there. First service. And oh, what a blessing. Well, here the other day, I got another card. <laughs> Beautiful little card, but he said, Eli, he said, here's another $100 for my birthday. And you know what? He, he called that preacher and he said, preacher, would you pray for me? 
said, what do you need, son? He, the preacher called me just sort of laughing, you know. He said, yeah, eight years old last year. He said, what do you need? He said, I need to pray that God will lend me some loaves. <laughs> eight year old now. And I understand it didn't come from his family. Somebody out of state sent him that $100 and he sent it to me. But he said, how much you need? He said, $100. He said, who are you gonna, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to give it to a missionary. He didn't tell him who. But he sent and that's two he sent me. In fact, little old eight and nine-year-old now can pray and say, Lord, lend me some loaves. That sounds simple, but it'll work. My wife's sitting there, and she's prayed in, what, nearly $3,000? No, 20, you know, over $25,000. Did you hear what I said? I <laughs> I go to the post office every Monday morning. I go, it may be $10, maybe $500, but she's prayed in over $25,000 to print that letter to her and Mickey Cofer. Praying, Lord, lend me some loaves. She heard me preach a little message, lend me some loaves. Hebrew, I mean, Luke 11. If we learn, though, that that's the way to get it. Yeah, and and I, I, I don't want to mislead you, but it's not what you got. Amen. It's drawing off what he's got. Amen. We have access. Amen. And by the foolishness of preaching, God chose. You know, I, you've heard me say this, I guess. I, I was in India, in fact, years ago. I don't know why it didn't come to my mind. But the word preach in English, leave the P off, you got what? Reach. Leave the R off of reach, what have you got? Each. Reach, preach, reach, each. Boy, that rung in my heart. And that's what we're trying to do, just to preach, to reach each. God died for the whole world. And I'm telling you, we, we can do that. But I appreciate this church and God's, I tell you, we, we just need to learn to get a burden and pray and ask God. We do have, but uh, I tell you, faith though. And I, I even brought the preacher some faith promise cards. And uh, I don't know when, what he's going to do all together. But uh, I know one thing, it works. And I wouldn't dare try to lead you into something, but uh, you just be willing. And, and by the way, I read this uh, not too long ago. Faith in the Bible is mentioned, in the New Testament, I mean, is mentioned uh, 272 times, I think. And then hope, 321, love, charity, whatever, love is about 714. But here's what got me. Giving is mentioned 2,162 times. So it's pretty important. That's the way God chose to get the gospel out. You don't jump on a plane. You don't buy fuel. You don't ride that boat a thousand miles for nothing. It takes money. And that's part of mission work. And I pray that the Lord uh, would get a hold of somebody's heart. And I'll, I'll give you this and then we'll preach. Would you pray this prayer? I mean, if you're not supporting missions by faith, I mean, you may just pull it out of your pocket, but that's not faith as such. And I ain't just got to take it. When I was pastor in Alabama, this happened as sure as I stand here. I had a woman, she had pictures of her and Elvis Presley. But she <laughs> dated him. But she's told me, she come to me and she said, Preacher, I've got a good husband for his treating me right. She got saved. She really got born again when I was pastor in Alabama. 
She said, but in the winter, he's a, he's a brick mason. She says, there's no work hardly. It's cold and bad, can't make a living. Said, he's got an old house out back in the woods, and he makes moonshine. I mean, she just bold. <laughs> she said, but he gives me money when I need it or want it. She said, would it be all right for me to put that in the church? You know what I told her? I said, put it in. We'll put it in missions. And we did. <laughs> and I'd say, any, God will take money any way you'll give it to him yes, to get the gospel out. Yes, but there is a way he planned, and I believe it's as much a God plan as anything there is in this book. If you're going to go to the world, it's impossible. But by faith, and, and by, well, let, let me read something here just to help you, help me. <laughs> you know, of course, missions is the will of God, work of God, <laughs> word of God. I could go on and on with missions, but uh, what, five or six times there in Romans where it says, uh, you know, that how shall they hear and how shall they be, they be called and all that. But if you're going to, when you give to missions, and I'll, I'll get into the message, there's three things there in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I believe it is. Let me get over here. Uh, chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians when it, in, in uh, chapter 9, of course, uh, let me, I can't hardly skip this. Down in part of chapter 9 there it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man, notice now, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able... Now, this verse, first time I ever read it, I, I wrote down at the bottom of the page, Lord, I just want all you got for me. It says in verse 8, And God's able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Well, now, if I've got everything I need all the time, what else do I want? You can't take it with you. And ain't that what it says? Well, the Bible's true. Verse 10 says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower both ministers bread for your food and multiplieth your seed sown and increaseth fruit of your righteousness. In other words, I, I believe he can multiply your money just like he can food. <laughs> Unexpectedly. Now, I've not preached. I've not preached much since last year in, my, in March, almost a year here few times. I mean, I do on the internet, but I have, but as far as going out in churches, we've not. I had COVID, but he didn't catch it, and God spared me. And I'm telling you, when you learn to give and watch God, now I preached every week of my life so far, uh, did, but this year I've preached hardly any, but God ain't let me like, I, I've not had to cut my money down. Now, I've been doing it for many years, started out $8 a month. I wouldn't anymore. I give. I'll put it this way: I give way over fifty percent of what I make now, and I ain't had to cut it out. God provides, even without me going out in meetings. Isn't that something? <laughs> Learn to walk by faith. But I'll tell you what it does, and I'll, I'll get in. Look over here in, in, in verse. Um, uh, well, verse eleven of that chapter. It says. When you give God's way, he gets what he wants. Because it says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth, notice this, 
which causes through us thanksgiving to God. When you give you and watch him give back to you, you'll be on your knees and say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know how, but it's here. But look, the next verse, the people you give it to, the missionaries, and those that they go to, he says there in, in verse 12, for the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant, and also, notice, by many thanksgivings unto God. You're thankful, causes them to be thankful. In fact, he goes on down in verse 15, says, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. So there's, this is to be thankful. And that's about all he wants, about all we can do, is just to be thankful and praise him and give him glory for what he's done. Oh, I thank you for that. But let, keep this thought in mind. And I don't know where you, you, some of you, there may be some young people here. You've never tried supporting missions by faith. I know it can be scary to the flesh, but it sure is strength to the spirit. Why don't you just get one of them cards? <laughs> I guess he'll pass them out sometime. Get you one of these little cards. And it, the first words it says, Independence upon God's provision. I will endeavor to give above my tithes and offerings to the worldwide mission, missionary outreach of our church. And it's scary. But you pray, say, Lord, what would you have me do? And just let him speak. And he can. You may not hear no right, but he'll tell you. And with a trembling hand, maybe. When I wrote mine down this year, it's pretty trembling. I couldn't believe it. I'll have to trust God because I don't have it. But put her down, whatever he said to do. And the blessing is it won't be long. When it comes, you'll be saying, thank you, Lord. And then wherever it goes, they'll be saying, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and then I'd all give thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. It's all him. And I'll tell you right now, if we'll just get hold of this, and I encourage you. I didn't know I was going to say all that much about missions, but... You've never done it. Why don't you try it? You may be an adult and never tried it. You may give, and that's good. Learn to give beyond your tithe, beyond the love offering. Learn to give what God's put from one. And, and every dime, brother, comes in here on faith promise and needs to go out of here. Not one penny comes to this church. You're not giving to Brother Shane or this church. Or, I mean, it's good we do. And I marvel every time I drive up here. Because I remember that old church. and I watched God. I told Faye this morning, you're such a miracle. Woo! You can't deny it. It's a miracle. Most beautiful church in this country. How'd you get it? Sure wasn't because Shane Jackson had money. It's God's people coming together and giving. Oh, my, I'm glad I had a little part in it. <laughs> what a blessing. Well, we better, we best better get at it. And do what we can. Oh, as I said a while ago, what an honor to be here. You know, uh, again this year, I was thinking this week, what a day to be alive. God's let me live long enough to see what we're seeing. 
Now, I don't necessarily, the flesh don't like what we're seeing, but it may be the perfect plan of God. <laughs> Things we preached down through the years, but I'm a, I preached at Anchor here some time ago, back in the summer, out of 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it says this, know also in the last days, you know, these things, there's 19 things there in them first few verses. And I can say personally, I've watched every one of them come true. Count them 19 down. I've seen it, preacher. It said it we're close to the last days. This know also in the last days, these things going to happen. Perilous times. Oh, my, we could go on and on and on, but I preached it, but now I've seen it. It's like missions. <laughs> I didn't just preach about that little needing the church on that hill on that monkey god. I've seen it. I've been there. Worship there. But oh, God, help us. I tell you, thanks to the Lord, we're almost home. Almost home. And we know from the scriptures things are going to get worse if we're going to believe the Bible. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, but the Bible says continue you in the things which ye have heard and learned. I how exactly how it goes. I forgot. But, uh, but sister, continue. Stay with what you know. I thought while brother uh, was preaching this in the main service, of course, I loved his boys preaching. But while he's a preaching, I've got wrote and and Daniel there, when he said, you know, Daniel, it says Daniel purposed in his heart. Boy, he made a resolution. And I've got wrote up top of that. Don't let your resol resolve be, your, be dissolved. Purpose and stick with it. It'll pay off. It'll pay off. But uh, I tell you, we've got the truth. And I say, stay with what you know. I believe you will. But this book talks about great falling away. We don't, we don't want to be a part of that. Not at all. But uh, every day for a child of God, I reckon we ought to, just, ought to be getting brighter and brighter. We're getting closer and closer home. I said brighter and brighter. Another thought come to my mind. Uh, of course, you can turn to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. And I'm going to preach from there a minute. But I was real sick one time. And uh, my heart got down to real low. And I was laying on the bed. And faith was there. But I, and all of a sudden, I, I looked and I thought there's four big old men, like I guess it's angels, coming and they got me. And they started up with me. And there's a bright light. And the higher we got, the brighter that light was. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me, that light's Jesus. And so help me if when I come to, as a dream, I was standing up, preacher, in my bed. Like this. When I woke up, that's Jesus. Well, one day we're going to see that. We're children of God. We're going to make it. Amen. Romans 9 talks about that shortcut. He's going to put them Jews back in here just in a few days. But while they've been out, we got in. And we're going up. Amen. 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 We're children of God. We who were not a people are now people. Yeah. Amen. Because we did it by faith and they tried to do it by the law. But God's going to put them back in. He loves the Jew and I do too. I love to go to Israel. I preach in Israel. But, oh, I tell you, it's a blessing to be saved. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad Brother Shane hadn't got over it. 
if you really get it, amen? But let me just give you what's on my heart. I can't, I'd be messed up if I tried to do anything else, but uh, just a word of anticipation for today in my thinking. I mean, I'm not just saying I believe the Lord's coming soon. I believe he's coming soon. <laughs> soon coming, however you want to word it. But here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, he says, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if ye believe that Jesus died and rose again, even them which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this I say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of God, and with the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Father, help us now these few minutes. Lord, I, I hope I didn't take too long. Lord, in the other part, but God, I, I know you put this on my heart. Without a doubt, and I mean this, I believe with all my heart, I believe the church is just about complete. And Lord, when that last soul gets in, Lord, we're going to get out of here. I don't care if it's in India, Africa, America, wherever it is. And I don't know of a better text to, to try to get this across, the second coming and the rapture than what I've just read before this congregation. There's been some great events all down through time. But Lord, this is going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened. And we'll praise you for what you do here today. Open our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. But you talk about a time. It's just, just up ahead. I, I, I'd almost guarantee you that. It's going to be the greatest for man, be the greatest for God. It's what he died for. Shed his blood for the church. And it was a... I just jotted down some of the things. I said, it's a great time when God came down at the foot of Mount Sinai there and gave, you know, the dispensation of the law to Moses. That's a great, that's a great time. It's a great meeting when, uh, when God helped Elijah uh, there on the mountain, Mount Carmel, and sitting down fire. And I've got to preach up there a couple of times. <laughs> the only thing I told him, I said, that ain't real. I stood there and preached because the Bible said the fire consumed the altar. They've got a man-made altar there, you know, rocks. and But it consumed the rocks. So that ain't the right one. Maybe the right place. I don't doubt it is. I've got to preach here a couple of times, but that's a great day. And it's a great meeting when Solomon dedicated the temple. You know how that, uh, you know, that new temple, when the glory filled the temple. Oh, my. <laughs> You ever heard it got smoky, got thick? I've about seen it that way here a time or two. And I'm telling you, a great experience though. When Peter preached the day of Pentecost and the Spirit fell in thousands, he said a while ago, do you believe God can still do that? He can if he wants to. Salvation's of the Lord. And I tell you, but it happened there on the day of Pentecost. I tell you right now, I've read some Great revivals even here. The other day, I just drove by there at Turkey Creek, thinking about, I've read the book, you know, there on, when they had that great revival there. The um, what did name? Uh, who? Yeah, yeah. 
That's right. Uh, but, I, you know, and I, 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 I talked to the man that told me, he said they had that revival and he was there. And he said a woman tried to go at that door three times. It's like something just knocked her back. Yeah. I, I don't, people wouldn't hardly believe that. But we're talking about the power of God. Yeah. Do it again, Lord. Yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah. I'd love to see it one more time. But I, I'm telling you, that's a great, you know, Percy Ray. What a man of God. Oh, my. I tell you, he can do it. And there's been many revivals down through time where God moved in an unusual way. Uh, one day, I tell you, one day, it may be out before I get home. That law of gravitation, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just fold up and fall. We're going to get out of here. Oh, I tell you, uh, unanchored. <laughs> no more weights of sin, no more flesh. We're getting a new body. Mm, we're going out of here. They go up, and you talk about a great meeting, though. And, and I tried to imagine this. Can you imagine? Now, if this, I can't be wrong because it's in the book. When, when he comes back, all those that's been born again, I don't care how far back, if they drown in them, fish eat them. If animals eat them, if they're buried, if they're burned, they're going to get up. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I don't know how many, but at one time. The skies are going to be filled with the saints of God headed home. Troubles are over. Problems are over. Misunderstandings over. No more heartaches, troubles. No more cancer. No more pain. No more heart attacks. No more pandemics. I tell you, we believe that. It's right. It's going to happen as sure as the world. Yes, sir. It's going to happen. <laughs> Gravitation's going to lose its power. Jesus is going to step out and say, come up hither. <laughs> oh, my. But uh, I tell you, that's when the purpose of all that's been done from Genesis to Revelation is fulfilled. Oh, yes. I tell you right now, that present day is going to, going to climax. When he says, come up hither, that great event, Jesus came with a, uh, that event in mind. I believe with all my heart. He lived and preached with that meeting in mind every, every day. I've got a little sermon sometimes. I used to preach. I ain't preached it lately, but I, I, tried, I did the other day, I think. This man for this cause, for this hour. That's what he says there in John, this man. <laughs> Over there in Hebrews said, this man, he said, for this cause came out of this hour. This man for this cause for this hour. Well, the day's coming when this hour, he said, my time's not yet. But as he got closer, he kept saying, my time's not yet. Then finally he said, it's here. And he goes to Calvary. I've never understood 2 Corinthians Five twenty-one. Is it? I believe it is. Where it says he was made sin. I remember I was driving up 
20, I was 26, coming from David Shelton's. I'd preach for Brother Shelton. And I was just meditating, and boy, it just hit me. He's made sin. I thought, that's impossible. God's holy, pure, but he's made sin that we might be, be made righteous. And I thought, that's another, that's two in one verse. To me, in our mind, impossible. But is anything impossible with God? He was made sin. He nailed my sin to the cross. And he said, it's finished. Isaiah said, when he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. He'd done everything he could to pay for our sin, not willing that any perish. But one day, that's going to be full. He's going to be, he'd look over to Father and say, it's worth it. It was worth it. He went to Calvary. Oh, my. But churches have been built, and I could go on and on and on, all down through time. But, oh, what a great day, that blessed hope of we that are saved. I hope and pray we'll go out of here today, and my hope is not in the houses and land. It's, <laughs> I tell you, it's not in big bank accounts or anything in this world. The world's a mess. You know that. Oh, we... Who would ever dream we'd ever live spiritually? I mean, can you imagine where we're at? If we was talking yesterday, when I went to school, every morning we had devotions. Once a week we had a preacher come in and preach to us. I mean, the truth. Boy, they'd have a duck now, wouldn't they? Morally, there's no morals left. No. Marriage. Transgender stuff. There's no such thing. It's crazy. They're warped. They ought to be in insane asylum. Their minds warped. It's not real. Oh no. Politically, you know. Hello. A line don't bother them a bit more than telling. Probably in more enjoying than would tell the truth. But we're gonna get out. It won't be no COVID nineteen then. Hmm. <laughs> The only hope we have is to get out of here. That's a the mess that we're in. I'm saying, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus. And he is coming, maybe today. <laughs> There's very, very, very few days. I, I don't know, probably already today. It seemed like this morning she said it. But one of us will say, the Lord may come today. And we get up in the morning and we say, well, he didn't come last night. Maybe he'll come today. <laughs> I'm looking for him. I'm longing for him. If I could, I'd leap into his arms. It's all mercy and grace. This world's a mess, but I'm telling you, that ought to make us, that ought to make us want to serve him more fervent than we ever have. You know, I, I meet people all the time. And I, who was it? Somebody today said, didn't want to be a has-been. I meet people say, well, I, yeah, I know. I, I used to be in church. I used to teach, or I used to, I've heard them say, I used to preach. A man told me that this week, last week, maybe. Yeah, I, I used to preach. Oh, I used to drive a bus. I mean, I've heard all kind of things. I don't want to be a used to. I want to be, let my last days be my best days. I want to finish well. I want to be able to look into his, and the Bible says, occupy till I come. And I want to be as fervent and as faithful as I can be, serving him until the last days. I don't know how much longer I got. 
I'll be 80 here in just weeks. But I love the Lord, and I love to preach, and I love to go. And if I get a chance, I'll go back to India. I'll go back to the Philippines. I'll go back to Bolivia. Both they left their heart in India. You wouldn't believe how I preach four and five times every day. I mean, little old, little old poles and leaves over in Peru. But you know what? They all got cell phones. I don't understand that unless it's God's plan for they can hear the truth. <laughs> I can listen to WGCR in India or anywhere else as clear as I can on my porch. I've done it. <laughs> Modern technology, intellect, but don't know God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I tell you, the Lord's are coming, and I pray, Lord, uh, help us to be faithful. And I pray today that everybody here will purpose in your heart that you're going to be faithful. You know, Jesus could come just any minute. I believe that. But it's going to be such a sudden thing. You ain't got time to make no plans. <laughs> there in the, what, 1 Corinthians 15 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to be out of here. <laughs> and you talk about something, I, I mean, it, it's going to be so awful fast, but I'm afraid so many are not ready for that great day. But uh, I'll tell you right now, I want to I wanna be, and by God's grace, I am. But he came in a manger first time, but he's coming back in great power and glory. This world's a mess, but look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. He's coming soon. I believe that over 300 times. And uh, I've been told, I mentioned a while ago, mentioned the New Testament of his coming. What a day that's going to be. Glad we sing a song. Glad day, glad day. I tell you right now. But Matthew 24, verse 40, talks about, you know, how that, but uh, you talk about Christian, it's going to be a surprise. Uh, I mean, we say we, but are you really looking for him? Are we expecting him before we get out that door? I believe it's in, in uh, I know it's in Matthew. Uh, oh, yeah, but because I know the context of this, but it says, then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other one left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. One shall be taken, the other one left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. We don't know when he's coming. It might be 10 years. I can't see how it could be. I've been preaching 55 years, and I can't find one thing that would cause me to think that it couldn't be just any second. But boy, I mean, oh, you take a woman. Can you imagine this, though? When a, say when mama's got a baby. She's not saved. It's gone. She can't hold on. Husband and wife, one of them gone, the other one left. It's going to be so fast, but it's going to be real. I'll tell you right now, many Christians are going to be surprised. I believe that. Not living uh, for God, uh, you know, sin-filled lives. But don't keep him from coming back. But you're going to suffer lost. And he that hath this hope, the Bible says, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. But the greatest surprise will be to the lost. Ain't no doubt about it. And some have made fun and mocked, and even in our day, oh my, of course, down my, I'm older, somebody wouldn't, might not even know who Madeline O'Hara was, or who was that, uh, old Phil Donahue and all them. But they some modern today. They don't believe in God. That New York governor, I heard him say, 
God didn't do this, we done this. That's what he said. He don't believe in God. I'll tell you right now, but he says he will come. Mm. And they, they go, they're going to pray, but it's going to be too late. Yes, sir. They'll pray, but no answer is going to come. All these have been witnessed to and know and rejected. They're going to be left. I don't care if it's your family or mine. And how much they, and it's scary, nearly some of them know more scripture than, uh, I mean, they've heard it all their life. And yet they've rejected it. They don't, they say, yeah, I'm saved. I hate to say this, but I got a grandson. He told my wife, she said, she's a witness to him. He said, oh, granny, I'll be there. But he won't unless he gets right, unless he gets saved. Granddaughter, that's two of my grandchildren. I don't believe saved. They've been with nothing. But boy, they can quote more verses than I can. And that's scary. That's even worse, I believe. And I'm just saying, you better know you're really saved. <laughs> better know you're really saved. One shall be taken. Oh, my. You talk about a surprise or a shock and a horror. That's when, when reality grips our hearts. As I said about a little, can you imagine a little baby getting jerked out of your arms? Your mama's still here? Well, that's just an illustration. It's going to be faster than that. I'll tell you right now, it's too late though then. But the rapture, uh, you talk about a great uh, Man's greatest awakening. You know, even in our text here in verse uh, verse 16, I believe it is, where it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, my. We're going to catch him about that high, though. We go up together. I like that together, don't you? I've got a niece. She's all crippled up and had been... Born real premature, but I've heard her say many times, I hope we go up in that group plan. <laughs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be something we're right here, and all of a sudden if the rapture takes place, we that are saved are gone. If you're not saved, you'd be left sitting right where you're at. Oh, the dead in Christ, many times. Our loved ones, boy, we, we get grieved and rightly so, and we'll follow them to the grave. But can you imagine all the saints around the world, as I said a while ago? That's gripped my heart. I don't care. People, I've been in the woods and found an old graveyard. Don't even know who it was, rocks. Hell, nobody, but God knows. If they're saved, they'll get up. There's many drowned in the ocean. No retrieve the bodies. They're gone, but they'll get up. Mm. I hope we get a hold of this. I tell you that with all of our heart. I, I believe it's a coming, don't you? But not, not those who, by the way, not just baptism don't get you nowhere. Sign a card, get in. The Bible says you must be born again. It's a birth. And I'm telling you, I could read John 1, 12, Romans 10, 9, and 10, we use that a lot from trying to show people how to get saved. John 3, 3. I mean, all those verses teach you that you're a new creature. You get born again. 
And those that uh, have died in the Lord are going to get up uh, uh, with new bodies. There's a many a person I've witnessed down through these years, I'm, but with cancer and heart failure, and, you know, and nursing homes. And I used to preach in them every, every week. And boy, I tell you, I've, I've helped preach a lot of their funerals even. But they're not going to be that. It's going to be new bodies. Boy, it'll be the best body and everlasting body. I praise the Lord for that. You talk about a great awakening. <laughs> I say praise the Lord millions at one time. But let me give you this. Uh, it's going to be the mo man's greatest separation. That goes right back to what I've said. The word caught up, snatched out. It's going to happen. And it's hard to, to, to imagine all this, but it's going to be sold. Remember, and this is, uh, you know, when the saved are caught up. A mother can't, can't hold on to them babies. No. Caught up. And the greatest separation ever will take place at the coming of the Lord. We, we're separated here from our loved ones many times, but they're saved as temporary. But boy, this is going to be separated permanently. If it's your children or your grandchildren, I know God's grace will help us, or we couldn't stay. It wouldn't be heaven. If I had to grieve over my grandchildren screaming in hell. And I hope it won't happen, but it could. They don't seem to have no interest. But they'll tell them faith. Oh, Granny, we'll be there. I'm saved. Saved, you're a new creature. And I believe that. But the greatest reunion, I wanted to get to this before I quit, ever taking place will be when, when Jesus comes. That caught up together with them. We... We've seen that glad reunion day, but I tell you, we, we really don't say goodbye here, but just I'll see you in the morning. But, but one day, it's going to be real. We're going to be together forever. We just say, amen. And I've thought of so many at my age, you can go back a long way. I think about Dr. Seitler, my daddy, mother, grandmothers. I've helped to their funerals. Oh, my, so many. Old Maze Jackson. <laughs> And so many that I had, I've held hands with, prayed with, preached with. Uh, you know, so many. But I could name, I could just write down many names. Boy, just recent days, I heard Brother Stenick Blue. He's gone. There's his picture. Sammy Allen, the last words he spoke to me, he said, Brother Whittemore, I want you here till you die. He's gone. Stenny's wife's gone. Now, oh, many, there's four or five out of that church that's gone that we've had a chance to worship with. I'm just telling you right now, uh, uh, so many, but one day, soon, we're going to be with them. Oh, what hope. Titus 2.13, that blessed hope. Amen. I tell you, are you ready? Uh, are you ready for his return? If you're really ready, I don't even know where I got this. I found it the other day in one of my old Bibles, and I jotted set it in here. But the hope set before us, Hebrews 6.10, it said it's a better hope. It's a blessed hope, Titus 2.13. It's a hope laid up in heaven, Colossians 1.5. It's a sure hope and steadfast hope, Hebrews 10. The purpose of the hope is to uh, a refuge, the place uh, the power of the hope, it's an anchor of our soul. 
the place of the hope, a sanctuary, the sanctuary church, a person who is our hope, Jesus, our blessed Savior. Amen. That is, thanks be the Lord for, for that blessed hope. And I pray today that God will help us lean on that. And if you're saved, it'll help you in these days. We live in some bad days, but we got a hope. The world don't have no hope, but you and I have a hope beyond this life. Going to get out of here. I don't see anything right now, as far as I'm concerned, that would hinder the Lord coming except him just saying, come up hither. And when he does, <laughs> this, I heard Billy Kelly use this illustration. Billy Kelly said, you get in the shower and get you a good, good soap and just get it all lathered up. You probably heard this. And said, just start squeezing it. Said a few minutes, it'll go boop. So that's the way we're going to be. When that time comes, we're going to bloop, and we're going to be out of here. Gone to glory. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen, preacher. Thank you. Get you one of these before you leave.